0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee.
1: It's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now here are your hosts, Greg Matzik and Jessica Ty. So
2: this is a lamb, right? This is not a lion. A lion is bad weather, a lamb is moderate weather or good weather. Is that I, I always get confused.
3: Yes, you're right. The okay. lamb's just kind of, I guess, a little meek, just coming in soft. Yeah. Not like a lion rr. <laughs> So a a, a
2: soft entry into the month of March. That's what we're looking at here with temperatures on the increase. We'll get an update and uh, see what the weekend holds in store with Brendan Johnson of TMJ4 coming up at 1123. You made it here. Greg and Jessica with you until 1 o'clock this afternoon. It's Wisconsin's Midday News and a handful of stories we're following today.
3: Yeah, the campaign trail heating up.
0: And now it's time for three big things on Wisconsin's Midday News.
3: As the campaign trail heats up, Wisconsin is among the priority states. First Lady Jill Biden set to visit southeastern Wisconsin this weekend. She arrives on Sunday. The White House says she'll arrive at Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport around 1 p.m. The First Lady will then speak at a political event in Waukesha around 2. Also, another big visit for Wisconsin coming up. Vice President Kamala Harris will be in Madison next week. The White House says she'll arrive on Wednesday, and that will mark the Vice President's second trip to Wisconsin this year and her sixth trip to our state since being sworn in.
2: This is all by design, right? They've been frequent visits. If you want to go back to October or so with either Jill Biden, the first lady, or Kamala Harris coming to Wisconsin, certainly a key state here as we approach the election.
3: Swing state, key state.
2: No doubt about that. Number two, hey, gas prices have hit a four-month high. Have you filled up recently? I noticed this today. I, I tend to notice when it, it jumps from two to three something. I kind of get lost in the pennies. Yeah, it goes from two to three.
3: extra dollar mark—that's huge.
2: Yeah, that—that—that's when I guess I notice it more. So here's what's happening: oil prices are trending up, refineries are struggling with capacity, states are starting to transition to a more expensive summer fuel blend. So what does that mean for you? Well, the national average is three thirty-one a gallon, according to GasBuddy. Most expensive state is Hawaii, where a gallon of unleaded will run you about four seventy-one. Ooh. Here in Wisconsin. The average three twenty four, but that's up about uh let's see, fifty cents from the end of twenty twenty three. So just a couple of months ago we were in the twos, about two seventy-five. That's a pretty substantial jump here in just a couple of months.
3: I'll take the fact though that we are seven cents lower than the national average. I like that. And I was surprised. I was looking at Milwaukee's numbers. Uh, Milwaukee even lower than the national average this morning at three twenty one. And that's the same up in Door County. Dane County is above the national average at $3.33 a gallon. I like to fill up a Costco because it tends to be cheaper.
2: Do, you, do the, uh, you got the cash back thing, too, right? So if you fill up at Costco, do you don't you get like 25% back or something ridiculous like that? I think it's like 3%. But. Oh,
3: isn't that just if you're like in the, the higher level, like oh. you paid to be the in the company bracket? Are you or? not in that club, Jessica? No, my husband doesn't think it's mm. worth it. Ooh, I, I th- kind of said it was because it really doesn't cost that much to do it. but
2: I think it is. I've debated, but yeah? I think it is. No, well, no, I'll no.
3: get you on the phone with okay.
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk through it. What else do we have?
3: Number three, we're kind of wondering where our snow is. Well, other parts of the country are seeing snow. In fact, ski resorts in portions of California are closing because of too much snow. As a massive blizzard slams into the Sierra Nevada mountains, ABC's Faith Aboube Bay is there. Several
4: ski resorts in the area, they've either closed or they're limiting their operating hours. Yosemite National Park overnight decided to close as well, urging visitors to leave the area altogether. This is very serious. In this specific area in Truckee, we're expecting upwards of 70 mile per hour wind gusts and about eight feet of snow When This is
5: all said and done.
2: Look at that, like 12 feet of snow. I mean, it's just insane to think about. I I know they're used to big dumps, but this is like, when you're shutting down ski resorts because there's too much snow, Right. you've got an issue.
3: That is so strange, and here our ski resorts are like, oh man, it would be so nice just to have a little bit of fresh snow. I know people are still skiing in areas because they had some snow, and then of course they've been able to make snow, but it's been a rough winter for anybody who's trying to have a business. Thanks to winter.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Again, hats off to the Berkebiner for making something.
3: Getting creative.
2: Out of nothing, quite literally. Making a ski course when they didn't really have any snow to work with. They were very smart and forward-thinking in getting all those people up into Hayward. That would have been devastating to not have that event.
3: Well, and that was one thing when we were talking about two weeks ago to the executive director. I remember asking him, I said, is this something that you need to think about moving forward now? I mean, it just seems like our winters have been at least the last, you know, two years, maybe even three, milder. So I said, is this something that moving forward you're going to have to keep in mind? And they said, for sure. You never know what it's going to be like these days.
2: Absolutely. It's 1113 on WTMJ. Hey, today is the National Day of Unplugging. We'll plug in with Sherry Preston of ABC News after this. So if your cell phone is the first thing you reach for in the morning or maybe the last thing you reach for at night before you go to bed, yeah, right? So how often do you check it today? 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 times?
3: Honestly, I wouldn't even want to know, especially (laughs) if you have work-related items on your phone. This is the first time I've only had one phone, like where my work is also on my personal. Usually Hmm. I've had two phones. There's benefits to both of those, but uh, it's hard. It's hard to unplug.
2: Well, today is the global day of unplugging the idea. Step away from your electronics for 24 hours. We booked our good friend Sherry Preston from ABC. Sherry, I thought it would have been, you know, on brand for the story for you not to call in, but, but here we are.
4: Well, here's the thing. It's not technically have to be today. I mean, this is, what, this is the deal. You, you have a day to plan for it. It's basically a 24-hour period, and, and you should be planning for it today. Let's say you want to do it tomorrow. Um, you know, let, let your friends and neighbors and everybody, your family know you're stepping away from the phone for a bit so that they don't worry about you when you don't text back right away or your, your work as well. Um, but really, it's it was something that was set up um, back in 2003 by a group that said, you know, we really need to take a 24-hour period and sort of step away from not just the phone, but from the TV from the computer, from from all the things that are screens that are, you know, in our lives that are making us feel less present than we could be if we tried a little bit, maybe stepped away for a 24 hour period. So the global day of unplugging can be really, I mean, today's the day that it, that it technically is the day, but you know, you can do it tomorrow, you can do it Sunday, you can do a day of your choosing and say, what if I tried to just step away from my phone for, for 24 hours and see what would happen. And, you know, it's one of those things where I, I think that people don't realize how much they are on their phones until they start to do this. And then they start to go, wow, I really do reach for my phone a lot. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing more annoying than being in a meeting with somebody or out to lunch with somebody and they've got their phone there and they start looking at their phone. And that to me says, Whatever is in the palm of your hand is more important than I am right now talking to you. You know, I mean, you guys might have your phones there right now when you're on the air, and it's like you're always checking your phone. Yeah, it's but we, we part never, of the job. We never step away. It is part of the job, but we never step away. But you know what? You can take if you're if you're not. You know, obviously, breaking news is a is a different story, but you know. Try stepping away for a 24-hour period and and seeing what would happen. Just kind of, you know, maybe tell friends they're going to meet up. You're not going to take your phone with you. Um, Go for a hike. Go to the library. Look at some books. You know, you don't have to read a novel. You can read a coffee table book if that's what you want to read.
3: Well, Sherry, I like your sentiment. I like your sentiment here because that it doesn't have to be today because that was my first thought. Okay, you want to have this on a, on a, a weekday? That, that's hard for people. So I like your sentiment there. I hear that you are addicted to your phone as well, which, hey, I'll admit, I probably am too. So what are some tips for people? Because it's so much easier to say, put your phone down. But have you found anything personally that has really helped you to do that?
4: Well, you know, one of the things that, that you can do, first of all, like I said, like prepare. Prepare the day before. Make plans with friends. Say, hey, let's go on a hike tomorrow and set it for a certain time and know that you're going to not be on your screens that day. Um, let Do let people know because they're not going to, you know, you could even set if it was a weekday, you could set a, a note, or maybe even a weekend. I don't know how you guys are with email at your your place of work at, at TMJ, but, you know, set a, a notice, an outbox notice that says, hey, I'm off my phone for 24 hours. I don't think people are going to fault you for that if you do it for a 24 hour period, especially if it is on a weekend. Um, and just sort of set aside time to think about it. Put a rubber band on your wrist, and and every time you reach for that phone, snap the rubber band and think (laughs) about it, you know? I mean, it's one of those things, that's what you do. It's a classic form of, like, um, you know, compulsive behavior is to to take that rubber band and do that. But but honestly, our phones have turned into that compulsive behavior because, you know, we do this all the time. You know, one, one thing...
2: It's that moment of panic, Sherry, where it's like, where's my phone? Did I bring my phone? Where's my phone? And then, like, you just you can't think about anything else till you find it.
4: There, there absolutely is that moment. And the find your iPhone uh, thing, to me, is like necessity. If I can't find it, then it's just like, boom, I do that. But one of the things I used to do with my kids when he's young, and that is, um, you know, when they get in trouble for, for, you know, I don't know, whatever, we'd say no screens, okay, no screens. And then he would proceed to write these long essays of why he should be allowed to have his screen. You know, I'm, I, you know, I did this and this. He'd have part A, part B, part C, and all these reasons. He didn't even realize that what he was doing was not on his screen. So we were kind of getting him to, you know, we were trying to do that. He would do it on his own, but it's like, that's one of the benefits of being off your screen. You actually learn to write Maybe a letter, a persuasive letter, describing why you're on, you know, off you your screen. Um, it's just something to give it a try, maybe for, a again, for a 24-hour period. You don't have to do it for a week or a month or a year. You don't have to step away altogether. But really, when you think about it, when you think of social media, you know, everything that you look at on social media has already passed. It's done. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. So, you know, who knows there? So why not just live in the present? And, and and give up your phone for just a tiny bit of time and see what happens. Give it a shot.
2: ABC Sherry Preston, if we reach out to you for a future hit here, Sherry, and you just don't respond, we'll understand you are taking <laughs> well, no your why. day. Thank you so much. Always, Always good, good to catch tomorrow. up. Take care, guys. You bet. 1122 on WTMJ. Get a look at the weekend forecast coming up after this. <laughs> Well, kind of a bizarre week of weather. We're back into a warming trend here for the weekend. Meanwhile, out west, 12 feet of snow in the Sierra Nevadas. I mean, just craziness, kind of all over the place here. Tmj4 meteorologist Brendan Johnson. Brendan, let's start with this week: the, the wild, record-setting swing from 70s earlier in the week to <laughs> you know 20-something as an overnight low.
1: Oh my gosh, guys! I mean, uh, just to have all four seasons within the span of about twenty-four hours—completely jarring. Uh, Largest temperature drop within twenty-four hours uh, recorded in Milwaukee as a result of those very, uh, you know, cold—that cold blast that came in, and of course, you know, seventy-four the day before, which blew right by the all-time record high. In February in Milwaukee, uh, just crazy. Good news is that is in the past. Things are looking a little bit more calm here for the remainder of the weekend and next week.
3: I know it doesn't happen like this, but I just get a kick out of like the visual of, you know, an old man or one of you guys like going down to the basement at TMJ4 and opening up this big book that's dusty of the records from the 1900s. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you have to look back all the way to the uh, the 1870s, and believe it or not, I have gone in a few cabinets here at uh, Radio City. You and have. We do have paper. There are paper copies of the records at the Milwaukee Mitchell Airport. Or, you know, and we've had a couple different sites in Milwaukee of all of the highs, the lows, month to month. I think I found some that go back into the 70s in the weather office, um, but you know, I'm sure the basement has many more.
2: <laughs> so. Are we should we be running the gas out of our snow blowers right now? I feel like anything that falls that looks white will probably just melt because the pavement's been warm enough and everything's just been warm enough.
1: Absolutely. So I don't want folks to be deceived uh, because the temperatures, you know, for March, April, May can still fall below freezing. So I know folks are probably already like, all right, can I go start planting things or doing those spring-like activities? Way too early to do that. Do need folks to know that we still have several nights that will be below freezing You know, as we go into March. The overall trend, however, yes, we're starting the month a little bit warmer than average. We can still see, guys, uh, on average, a little more than six inches of snow in the month of March. Coming off of a very dry February, I know it's hard to believe, but I will give Mother Nature, you know, a few weeks here uh, to see what she can do and if she can bring us a little bit more in the way of snowfall. But uh, as it stands right now, barely any snow here in the uh, next week or so.
2: Yeah, it looks like we're getting into the 70s this weekend. Appreciate your time, Brennan. Mm -hmm. We'll check it again soon.
1: Yeah, take care, guys. Have a great weekend.
2: You do the same. 1127 here on WTMJ. And 66 degrees at 1037 in the greater Phoenix area. It's where we find Dom Catronio, Brewers Extra Innings host, covering the Brewers at spring training. Dom, welcome in.
5: Hello, hello. One more time. How are we doing?
2: Great, man. What's been the highlight of the week? One of the most interesting things that you've seen or experienced either with the team or away from the team?
5: I mean, Tuesday was pretty hard to top, right? Facetiming Rudy Rudiger. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, shoot. I mean, this will be public knowledge here shortly. But uh, Landon Donovan's in the clubhouse right now. Landon, you know, like, I mean, the just, soccer player. It, 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 yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, this will be public knowledge shortly. I'm sure there'll be content coming out of it. I know we're we're sitting in the media session with uh, with Murph and. Who long no phone phone rings and you know that happens from time to time. But he actually answered it in the middle of the session, and you know he was giving Landon directions to make sure he gets into the building. So him and his family, are, I guess, are, are big Padres fans, and of course, yeah, knew Murph from back in the San Diego days, and just connections and acquaintances. And you know somebody, and next thing you know, Landon Donovan's in the the next room over us. We're leaving with Murph, so it was pretty funny.
2: So did they let him take batting practice, Uh, I remember, a few years ago? I would love to see that. Yeah. I would love to see that. So Baker Mayfield, the the NFL quarterback, was at camp, I don't know, four years ago when I was down there, and he was just sort of in the clubhouse, like, well, this is interesting. And then he was on the field taking batting practice kind of out of nowhere. You
5: you know, I I think this is is my nerdiness coming out as well, but last year, uh, one of Christian Yelich's good friends, who's also a professional athlete. Max Homa of the PGA Tour, just same thing. Just kind of, you walk in, like, and there's Max Homa. And the rest of the beat is, like, who's this guy talking to Yelly? I'm like, dude, that's Max Homa. And everyone's like, what? And that's where my nerdy golf self comes in. But, yeah, it's been it's been a fun first week here. Of, of games with Murph, and you never know what you're going to see. Hey,
3: speaking of fun, I was wondering, do the guys get a chance to have some fun, too? I mean, it, it's it's down to business, spring training, getting getting ready for the season, but do they get a chance to have some fun? I know usually social media people are down there, you know, the team's trying to get some fun stuff for social media. What's that like behind the scenes?
5: Yeah, I think the guys, like I told you guys yesterday, they get their work in, and then you get on with your day. And I think one of the things I love about this team is that they're they're pretty – tight knit and if you're closely stalking instagram you may have noticed a couple of nights ago bad bunny is in town here in phoenix and he's playing a couple of shows in a row and who's in a vip section all together freddie peralta william Contreras, willie adamas and former brewer Luisa Rios, they all oh. went to the bad bunny show together so there's always a way to get things done i think he's playing again tonight uh, i was talking with some folks uh, i guess uh uh who is it? i think slasher's coming to town I don't know. it's just there's always something to do at night that's why we play so many day games
3: yeah speaking of social media christian Yelich, it was just yesterday i posted a picture of him at 17 and um yeah. he, it's not the most flattering picture of christian Yelich, but i it kind of made me laugh because he's got a brewers helmet on but then his uniform his shirt is they must have been the area code group that must have been right, the that team so
5: that's, game. that's a that's an old scouting thing where uh, you know teams will have it's called the area code games for high school prospects, you know, uh, get them in front of like a showcase kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Where you get them in front of prospects and you get a chance. But it was ironic, you know, one of the Brewers area code teams, like generally it's in the area of your, uh, you know, big league franchise, but obviously there's not much baseball, you know, come February or March time when these games normally are in Wisconsin. So the Brewers had one in Southern California for a very long time. So that's why that was. not uh, I can tell you what, when I was 17 years old, I had a hair, so life comes at you fast.
2: Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about that. I can relate. Uh, Don, one thing I've noticed covering the Brewers at spring trainings for so many years, you talked about the evening activity and the Bad Bunny Show. Players do not like alarm clocks, and it's always interesting to me that all the games are played at spring training, I'd say 95%, yeah, around 1 o'clock or so, so the players are in the clubhouse at like seven thirty, eight o'clock, but half the games, or more than half the games, well more during the regular season are played in the evening hours. They do not like the alarm clock.
5: I, I think it's a mix here, right? And don't leave it just as the players that don't like the alarm clock. I think the media doesn't like the alarm clock either. But the the, the thing with it, I, I was literally talking about this today with a colleague, Russ Dorsey of Yahoo Sports, and how the Reds, I believe the Reds have like nine or ten night games scheduled this spring. And in theory, that sounds great, right? Get back on your normal schedule like you would for the regular season until you realize you only control the home games. And what's the hardest thing to do in baseball? It's not wake up at 6 a.m. every morning. It's wake up at 6 a.m. after a night game. So to have five or six more, you know, day game after night games, you know, when they have a home night game and then go on the road for the next day, those are the hard days. And I think when you think of it at the end of the day, you go in, you get your work done, and you have the rest of the day available, which normally doesn't happen in the regular season – so i am I am okay with this?
2: Good stuff, Dom. Been fun checking in all week. Have a great day today. We'll talk to you again soon.
5: Yeah, I've got my notebook dropping here shortly, and there's a, some fun stuff in there about a handmade glove that I really think folks are going to like. Check Ooh. it out at
2: WTMJ.com. Great coverage from Dom all week long. Appreciate it, pal. We'll check in again soon. Thanks. 1143 on WTMJ. You've got a political candidate taking his shirt off again.
3: Again. What? <laughs>
2: Hang on. We'll get to it after this. All right, so the headline is an attention grabber. <laughs> Shirtless U.S. Senate candidate submerges himself in Wisconsin Lake. All right, count me in. I'm interested. What is it?
3: Well, when you see the video, too, on X, I mean, that it does make you click on it. All right, this is the first one. It's got a,
5: about a, a
1: half-inch layer of ice
5: on the lake. It's hard, it was hard to break through, but... It's
2: good to get out here for a good cold plunge. All right, that's Republican U.S. Senate candidate Eric Hovde hoping to pour cold water, see what I did there, on any notion that he's a soft Californian. So the, the caption in the tweet that he sent out this morning reads, Warning, the video contains graphic images of a Wisconsin man in a cold lake, not safe for Californians and career politicians. So there's a shirtless Hovde plunging himself into Lake Mendota. So the Dems and Senator Baldwin keep saying I'm not from Wisconsin,
1: <laughs> which is a complete joke. All right, Senator Baldwin, why don't you get out here in this frozen lake and let's really see who's from Wisconsin. That I hope everyone has a great day. Take care. Yeah,
2: you too. Uh, <laughs> all right. He's talking about Democratic Senator Tammy Baldwin, and of uh, is uh, issuing a challenge of sorts to, to uh, her.
3: I, I know. I, and, and can you just imagine Tammy Baldwin being like, Okay, yeah, Hovde. I- I'm going to go in there too. I mean, it's it just, it just not going to happen, right? But but the interesting thing about this as well is this is not the first time that we've seen Hovde in a situation like this. I was scrolling through, and uh, January 12th, another video of him going for a swim. It was a much colder and windier day that day, however, but, you know, shirtless going in. So this is this is kind of his thing. I think this one just had a little bit more steam to
5: it.
2: Uh, Yes, I I would agree with that. So Hubdi's deal, he was born and raised in Wisconsin. He's the CEO of a California-based bank. He's got a million-dollar-plus mansion in Laguna Beach. He also has a place here, of course, in Wisconsin. So Baldwin's camp is trying to use the California ties against him. But he's saying, look, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. Yes, I've got stuff going on in California, but I'm a Wisconsinite. See here? I gotta dive into a lake.
3: He didn't necessarily break the ice like he was a Wisconsinite, no. though. That made me laugh. He's kind of <laughs> grunting as he's like pushing through that half inch layer of ice.
2: That is unbelievable. People
3: are, are, it's kind of funny though. Somebody wrote, uh, the accent, the stash, the performance showing withstanding cold environments definitely from Wisconsin.
2: Of course, there has been a response. That's the update to the story here today. Wisconsin Democratic Party spokesman Eric uh, Eric Wolk doubled down. So he said, quote, in a statement, if California bank owner Eric Hovde thinks sitting in a lake is going to stop us from telling Wisconsinites about his California bank. California Mega Mansion and California Ties. He's going to be swimming a whole lot for the next eight months.
3: A couple other people commenting on the weather because we were just talking about it. I mean, we we hit 70. In Madison, we actually, that temperature swing was even a little bit more than ours. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was negative 10 and you're jumping in to show people you're a Wisconsinite. It was uh, pretty nice on numerous days this week.
2: Yeah, no doubt, right? I mean, it's still cold, perhaps, but it's not like the New Year's polar plunge yeah. that you're probably used to.
3: I mean, the water's not warm, don't get me wrong, but uh, it, we definitely had some nice days to do it. And the sun was shining bright in his video. Uh,
2: there's no doubt about that, including the reflection off of his chest. It's 11.50 on WTMJ. Greg Mancic, Jessica, time with you until 1 o'clock. Hey, coming up at 12.15, excited to talk to Bucks guard Pat Connaughton. You want to talk about a guy having a lot going on. So
3: much going on, from his professional life to his personal life.
2: No doubt about that, including an incredible honor that Pat will be receiving this weekend, thanks to the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. We'll go through all the details. Pat Connaughton, our scheduled guest. Coming up at about 12 15 today. A 50th birthday surprise. A longtime Washington leader announces his departure. Hovde's dip in the cold and more. It's the Week in Review, and it's brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited.
0: What we do here is go back, 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 back,
5: On this Monday morning, want to bring in WTMJ Happy meteorologist. birthday, hey, no. happy
1: birthday no. to happy birthday
5: you. Know? To Happy
1: birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday to you. Yes! 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 Okay! 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 Thank you! Thank indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Another year older! <laughs> if I were to tell you that a study says that heels are good for you, how would you respond to that?
3: <laughs> I think that sounds bogus.
1: I'll need some proof on that. I would call shenanigans. You want to know a confession? Yeah. The most I've ever spent on some high heels. Yeah. (laughs) $1,600.
5: Oh, my gosh.
4: Man, I am excited to bust my dogs out in East tonight. Sounds great, but this has been declined.
1: Housing is a matter of public health. Milwaukee County Executive David Crowley touting the affordable housing and crisis bed development that will soon break ground in Milwaukee's uptown neighborhood. You'll see for yourselves, it is the greatest circus parade in the world. Remembering the great circus parade, to just see this stuff rolling by the streets of their town, it must have been magic.
5: The search continues for Elijah Vu, nearly a week after he disappeared. I'm not going to speculate. What I'm going to do is continue to search for Elijah Boo. We are doing everything in our efforts, believing that he is still out there. We will find him and we will bring him home. To anyone who may have information about Elijah's whereabouts, we plead with you to please come forward. Having a little one, this is too close to home.
4: Joe Biden will win the Democratic primary here and Donald Trump the Republican. And based on what we are seeing so far, this protest vote seems to be very significant.
0: I really think his views on where to take America are older than, anyway. I know to get caught.
5: <laughs> Richard Lewis was a well-known stand-up comedian, always self-deprecating. I'm leaving you in my will. I'm tweaking it, and you're in it.
1: No, no, no! Don't, don't do that.
5: When I die, I want you to know how much I care about you. According to his publicist, he died last night peacefully at his home in Los Angeles. <laughs>
2: Some breaking news this hour just moments ago. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell announces he will step down from his position in November of this year. I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. We
4: love you all. We love this
1: city. And we'll miss you so much. The widow of former Packers quarterback Bart Starr, Cherry Starr, has died at the age of 89.
5: They were so kind and generous everybody they
1: met Admiral's President John
5: Greenberg friend of the program in the house as is one of our favorite mascots Roscoe in full regalia were Roscoe?
1: see now you You have suggested that there might be an offering to the people tomorrow at uh, Saz's, at Stenny's and uh, at Major Goolsby's when you walk in you'll get a certificate for your first Queer's Light on us, free Queer's Light tomorrow At uh, those three fine establishments. Yes, sir. (laughs) Outstanding. Great work. Just took
5: it to my veins. Got about a half inch layer of ice on the lake. It's good to get out here for a good cold plunge. Is that what they call
1: it in California? It could
5: be. And I'm not sure that's what he was trying to accomplish.
1: All right, Senator Baldwin. Why don't you get out here in this frozen lake and let's really see who's from Wisconsin. Think shrinkage. President Biden and former President Trump are making dueling visits to the southern border. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress for blocking this bill to show a little spine. An illegal alien migrant who was led into
5: our country and released into our communities by crooked Joe Biden. He's crooked. I took the name away from Hillary. I love
0: some of my Neanderthal friends uh, who still think there's no climate change.
1: You look at what this governor, new scum from... California, isn't that his name, New Scum? Welcome to He Hard What a week. Think shrinkage. New Scum. Take care Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in
0: downtown Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Matzik and Jessica
2: Ty. All right, you made it here. It's 12.08 on WTMJ Friday edition of Wisconsin's Midday News. Very excited to talk to Bucks guard Pat Connaughton coming up at 12.15. Jessica, he is going to be awarded with the Lombardi Foundation Award of Excellence this weekend. He's also getting married. He's got a baby on the way. Oh, so by much the way, stuff. <laughs> the Bucks are playing and he's doing well.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. I love the fact too that he's just he's just a good guy, and he's really become a part of our community, and I appreciate that about him.
2: No doubt about that. Pat Content, our guest coming up in about seven minutes. Some stories we're following here as we flip into Friday afternoon. Now at noon on Wisconsin's Midday News.
3: The search for a new chancellor at UW-Lacrosse is down to three candidates. Remember, they're replacing University of Wisconsin-Lacrosse Chancellor Joe Gao. He was fired after it became known that he had produced and appeared in porn videos. That was a big thing right before, actually right after Christmas and right before New Year's. It came out and just, it was an explosion.
2: And he was on Wisconsin's Morning News defending his personal life
0: actions. In that activity, which also includes writing books, um, and you know, these are serious works, that we examine consensual adult sexuality, so we would think that would be protected by the First Amendment, um, but we don't identify ourselves as being affiliated with the university or my role as chancellor. Those things are done as private citizens. I I don't play around in the
2: OnlyFans space, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that is OnlyFans (laughs) page received quite a boost after that story came out when it did.
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, and people just googling the videos. I mean, I googled the videos. I was doing it for news research because I wanted to know what exactly this was. And initially, I just saw the cooking videos and it was strange and kind of awkward, I thought. Um, but then later as I did more research, I saw some of the other videos. Yeah, and right. yeah, so I mean, there's no doubt whether you were just curious or interested in that that yeah, they were getting a boost. Interim UW
2: lacrosse, Chancellor Betsy Morgan is among the, the finalists. James Beebe, he works out in New Hampshire at Keene State College. And Christopher Olson, who's a VP and provost at Indiana State University, they are the finalists.
3: Another big story now at noon. New numbers show just how many of us have some kind of immunity from COVID-19. It is 98% according to the CDC, so most of us. Now that immunity could come from getting sick, getting the vaccine, or both. Important to note, though, health experts say this only gives some protection against infection. And just this week, the CDC recommended people age 65 and older get an additional dose of the current COVID-19 vaccine. It is considered highly effective and may cut the chances of getting a symptomatic infection by half.
2: So they do these studies quarterly. And if you want a comparison, Q2, the studies show that just under 70 percent of Americans had some sort of immunity. That grew to about 92 percent in Q3, up to 98% in Q4. And finally, the IRS is continuing to pursue millionaires that have not paid hundreds of millions of dollars in tax debt. This is insane to me. So the IRS, IRS has collected nearly $500 million in ongoing efforts to recoup taxes owed by 1,600 millionaires in the country. So they're sending out notices to these high-income earners, including 25,000 people with income at more than a million bucks. So here's what's going to happen. If they don't pay up, if they don't file within about two months of receiving that letter, the IRS will take it a step further, including eventually filing a substitute tax return on the person's behalf Hmm. and then levying money from their paycheck or bank account to collect the taxes owed. So they're going to get their money one way or the other.
3: I just think this is so frustrating when you hear about millionaires who are like, "Eh, yeah, I don't need to pay my taxes. What the heck? Why I, do they think that they I, don't, I don't have
2: get it. to? I, I understand, you know, some millionaires like to have their salary very low. They try and lower their taxable income. There's all sorts of tricks you can play. Sure, I don't know what they all are. I'm not quite in that that space. <laughs>
3: I was gonna say, tell me all the tricks.
2: Not familiar with it. I'm writing off stuff, sending to Goodwill.
3: Ah, uh, me too. I'm always like, does this does this matter?
2: We do send a lot to Goodwill. But nonetheless, like, what are we doing here, people? Come on.
3: Well, the IRS is going after them right now. Notices actually going out this week. I thought this was interesting, though. Um, what a lawyer was saying, hey, failing to file one year can lead to a snowballing effect. And that's probably true. They forget one year, then they forget the next year. And then at some point, if it's like, OK, you didn't file for three years, I would imagine that you're like, oh, shoot, if I do it now, am I going to get in trouble? So that lawyer right. was kind of commenting on that, that it's not just, oftentimes it's not just one year they didn't file, that it, it continues oh, it to happen.
2: It absolutely snowballs, no doubt about it. So if you get a letter in the mail, you might want to act on it. Don't answer the call from the IRS or there, text messages. They there don't do is
3: that. a consequence if you don't pay your taxes. Uh, yes. They're yes, going to show you now.
2: Yes, indeed. Twelve thirteen on WTMJ. Bucks guard Pat Connaughton joins us after this. So a big event over the weekend. It's on its way to the Fister. It's the Lombardi Award of Excellence. It's a, an annual event here put on by the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation. Those who have uh, listened to me for years on WTMJ know I'm a big part of the Vince Lombardi Golf Classic, which is coming in June. Uh, great events put on by the Vince Lombardi Cancer Foundation and uh, a great mission as well. Well, the award recipient, the Award of Excellence recipient, this year, after Ernie Johnson, the famous broadcaster, won it a year ago, is none other than Bucs guard Pat Connaughton, who joins us on the line right now, the team in Chicago to take on the Bulls. Hey, Pat.
0: Appreciate you guys having me.
2: Well, thanks for joining us here, man. Congratulations. When you found out you are going to be receiving this prestigious award, what goes through your mind?
0: Um, you know, obviously honored and, and and privileged to to receive it and obviously saw the uh, list of past recipients and i was actually fortunate to stop by last year when when ernie won with our uh, team president peter um to uh you know show our support to him and all the great work that he's done so um really cool really honored really something that i gotta give the credit to you know the community the the people that have kind of helped me continue to uh try to find a way to, to impact uh, the place in which uh supports us on a nightly basis out there on the court
3: it's an awesome honor, Pat. At the top of your Instagram, you write "Family over everything." Your family is growing. Congrats on the engagement and the baby news.
0: Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, you know when I uh, talk about family over everything, I I always consider it you know family, friends, loved ones, like people that mean um, so much to you in your life that don't necessarily have to be blood related, but to uh, to set set forward on you know this new chapter of my life shall we say and have the ability to um have a happy healthy um you know fiance at the moment in time and um baby boy on the way is pretty pretty incredible
3: i love it so fans want to know how did you pop the question <laughs>
0: um you know her and i obviously uh we love the beach and of course milwaukee's got a very very nice beach in lake michigan however wait was i was gonna warm.
3: say it wasn't in <laughs> milwaukee I, I looked at those pictures
0: no. yeah no not quite warm and uh not, don't quite have the ability to do it to jump in the lake unless you're trying to do a polar plunge nowadays so <laughs> uh we were down in florida um for all-star break for a few days and was able to uh you know surprise her down there which was awesome
2: all right pat you have a very important responsibility here you 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 get to you get to do the registry thing right you get to register at crate and barrel maybe target think that through but go on (laughs) the trip where you get to walk around at the scanning gun and just like hit hit the barcode on beef jerky to plates that whatever you want man we'll we'll get you something (laughs) if we if you tell us where you registered
0: i appreciate that no we uh you know, we're fortunate, um, to, uh, have, uh, quite a bit of, uh, you know, partners and, and, uh, you know, relationships in, in different places. So, um, you know, Nuna has been great to us, uh, you know they sponsor our family room at the Pfizer, and they've been great. They've been super welcoming and, and helpful, and, and helping us with some of the things that we'll need for the little guy as he as he comes into play and um, carry him around all different places, and hopefully, obviously, into the Pfizer for a a long playoff run. And uh, it'll be something that uh, I'll uh, keep you guys updated. But the the scanning gun is definitely on my radar. <laughs> it's awesome.
3: You're adding a mini 24 to the mix. Your, your fiance, for people who don't know, plays for the Houston Dash Pro Women's Soccer team are y'all betting on the baby just to be a star athlete combining your skills and her skills
0: yeah well you know look it's funny she uh she's obviously the um the quick and and fast uh one um in her profession she's uh oftentimes challenged me to races and says she can beat me in a race tbd on if that is actually possible but (laughs) we'll give her the benefit of the doubt for now and um you know so i told her that hey he's probably gonna Come out, you know, sprinting. Hopefully, she he has her genes, and hopefully, he has the ability to, uh, you know, she's uh, very well. Uh, she might have done a little better than me in school. I told her I got into Notre Dame, but they made me play two sports just to walk into that place. And I'm pretty sure she's only gotten like one B in her life. So hopefully, they, she, uh, he has her smarts as well.
2: Milwaukee Bucks guard Pat Connaughton joining us on Wisconsin's Midday News. Hey, Pat, if you can hang on one second, I want to ask you about another one of your Connaughton courts unveiled earlier this week at a school in Milwaukee. More with Buckstar Pat Connaughton after this. It's Wisconsin's Midday News on WTMJ. Welcome back in. It's Wisconsin's Midday News. Greg Matzik and Jessica Tai continuing our conversation with Bucks guard Pat Connaughton. Hey, Pat, earlier this week you were on the court in Milwaukee, a court that you donated. Your foundation helped contribute to Milwaukee College Prep's 38th Street campus. This is not your first go-around dedicating courts to schools that need them. I think it's your fifth that your foundation is responsible for. Man, giving back to the community in the most meaningful of ways. You found a way to do that in Milwaukee. Describe for me the look the appreciation on the kids, the administrators, the teachers at these schools when you unveil something brand new?
0: Yeah, you know, the excitement, the energy. um, And it's awesome for me to see because, um, you know, I've always been a big proponent of, you know, utilizing your platform for more, right, having an impact beyond the basketball court, although in this case, obviously we are literally donating basketball courts as part of what we do. We look at the basketball court as a symbol, right? It's a place where a community can gather, whether it's to play basketball, whether it's to practice, or whether it's to do other things. You know, a lot of these places that we donate them to, it serves as a place where kids can do educational things, they can do arts and crafts, they can be school assemblies, there can be it can be used as a cafeteria, school dances, like different things that I would say our main goal is you know, teaching those translatable life skills that sports teach us it's hard work, teamwork, you know, leadership, accountability. And so, um, to see the basketball court as a symbol and then to be able to, um, go to these schools in which, in community centers or wherever it is in which we donate these courts and be able to talk to these kids, um, and, you know, allow them to, you know, really see that. You know, I have a passion for it because I grew up at a, uh, a place called Fidelity House. You know, a community center after school. It had a small, for lack of a better term, um, not great gym, uh, and it was the place that I loved to be. It was the place that kept me out of trouble. It was the place that taught me, you know, teamwork. Taught me, you know, how to um, socialize and uh, do a bunch of things that have, you know, carried me to where I am today. But also really helped me off the floor. So um, to see the look on their faces when, you know, um, I show up and they know me as, you know, Pat Johnson, number 24 on the Bucks. but by the time I leave, they just know me as Pat and they ask questions whether it's about playing with Damon Giannis or, you know, a lot of the questions that these kids asked earlier this week at, you know, MCP was about, you know, journey to the NBA and how to utilize the 24 hours in the day and how to really, you know, build these habits that can help them achieve their dreams, and that's kind of what it's all about.
3: That's awesome. You know, I just want to say thanks, Pat, because, you know, you're talking here to two people who grew up in the area from Milwaukee, and we really appreciate the fact that you didn't, but you have truly made Milwaukee your home. Everything you've done in the community, and and this is a perfect example with the Connaughton Courts, and you're also in the real estate world as well, so, you know, kudos, man. It's it's awesome.
0: I appreciate that. I mean, um, I've always said, you know, Milwaukee's an underrated sports city, um, in the state of Wisconsin in general and the support that we see on a nightly basis at the Pfizer, um, you know, whether we win or lose and uh, the support that the community gives us when we're out and about and um, how nice everybody is. I think it's part of our job as professional athletes to utilize our platform to, you know, give back to people and places that uh, support us that, um, you know, have our backs on a nightly basis and um, do our part to really you know show that next generation uh you know that you know we're just people right um you know when i was a kid growing up in boston i looked at the celtics players as superheroes didn't know if they were actually from this planet um but i think you know our team and our organization uh as the milwaukee bucks has done a great job over the years of really making sure the players are out in the community giving back and it's most of the time because all these guys want to not because they're being forced to and i think that goes a long way
3: without a doubt
0: All right, Pat, we're going to finish
2: up with a game called Five Questions. It's a rapid-fire game. Are you excited to play?
0: I'm pumped. Let's see what we got. All
2: right. (laughs) Question number one for my Boston friend, Matt Damon or Ben Affleck?
0: Oh, that's a great question. I'm going to go with Matt Damon because I was a huge um, fan of The Departed and then a bunch of the Bourne uh, supremacy movies. What was your first car? my first car was a uh, jeep wrangler two-door jeep wrangler do you still have it um so i upgraded to a four-door jeep wrangler so that uh my parents could drive around with me and and hopefully in the future my 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 son
3: wranglers not under recall
0: yes that's not under recall we talked
2: about that the other day question three best gift you've ever received from a teammate
0: wow that is a tough one i hope it's dad um, advice moving
3: forward dad advice from Giannis or dame
0: i will say you know chris dame and Giannis have, have been big proponents in, in advice on how to be a father um and all of them say the the second child is crazy so uh i haven't i don't i don't necessarily need to worry about that just yet um i would say best gift i've received Um, I don't know. For for me, probably just um, a few dinners. You know, going out to dinners with guys on my team uh, as a group um, and being able to socialize with them, get to know them as uh, you know people and their lives, their families away from basketball is something I always enjoy.
2: Question four: Ideal
0: pregame meal. Cool. So I go with pesto pasta with a little grilled chicken. And uh red chili flakes on top.
3: Oh yes, yeah, so those red chili flakes, love it. And finally, has yeah.
2: Thanassus ever checked himself into a game?
0: Um so no. However, I think some come close a few times.
2: <laughs> Good stuff, Pat. Man, we are so excited for you. The season is uh, certainly rounding toward the playoffs, and it's been a lot of fun watching Bucks basketball uh, leading up to Doc Rivers, now with Doc Rivers as your head coach. And congratulations, a very special award. You will be in town to receive the Lombardi Award of Excellence tomorrow night at the Fister. Pat, we're so excited to have you in the city of Milwaukee. Thank you for joining our show.
0: Thanks for having me, and thank you to, to everybody in Milwaukee for the continued support.
2: So college basketball is hurtling toward the wackiness of March, March Madness. It's a thing, right? You flip the calendar, and now you start to pay attention to college basketball. Sure. But over the last couple of years, it's been very difficult not to pay attention to what Iowa women's basketball star Caitlin Clark is doing. And for those hoping to catch her final regular season game in Iowa tomorrow – be prepared to shell out some serious cash.
4: Clark has a shot at breaking the NCAA's all-time scoring record on Sunday. Currently, it's held by former LSU guard Pete Maravich. The game could become the most expensive in women's college basketball history, with some resale tickets going for over $6,000.
2: CBS's Carissa Lawson. So Maravich scored 3,667 points. Clark is at 3,650. Wow. So she needs 18 points against Ohio State tomorrow to break the record and she's expected to be a top pick for the WNBA draft so this is not about rules this is not about the game changing from one era to the next right Maravich played three years Clark's gonna play four years Maravich played 83 games Clark's gonna play 130th game tomorrow there was no three-point line when Pete Maravich played there was no shot clock either the game was much slower This is not about that. This is about what Pete Maravich and now Caitlin Clark mean to the game of basketball. So about a week ago, we went to your alma mater, Jessica, Brookfield East, to watch a a girls high school basketball game. They played in a regional game against Divine Savior. Go Spartans. And some of my friends have daughters who play on the Brookfield East team. And Mike Kelly is a friend of mine. He's one of the coaches in the Brookfield East team. I'm friends with Andy Farley, the principal, uh, and I grew up in Brookfield. So we wanted to go support. And we went again to the Brookfield East game last night in Hartford because my daughters, who are seven and nine, keep asking me, when do they play again?
3: I love that.
2: When do are, when, are they keep going? Like, like, my girls are in the Hamilton School District, and the Hamilton girls team is out. The boys are in it. We're going to check out their game tonight.
3: But the Brookfield East girls basketball team is getting people excited, just like I was Caitlin Clark. I mean, yes, <laughs> it's just unbelievable. She is such a powerhouse. So she is six
2: feet tall, Caitlin Clark, and she flies around the floor. She shoots 35-foot three-pointers. I'm watching the Brookfield East and Germantown girls play last night, and my wife and I are looking at each other like, this is so different than the girls' high school basketball I watched in the mid-'90s and that my wife played in the late-'90s, where the guards, the starting point guards, are 5'8", 5'10", moving around. like It's incredible. Three-point shots going up and in left and right. There were 81 points scored by Brookfield East last night.
3: That is so great to hear. It makes me want to go to a game now because I have not been to a girls' basketball game in a long time. And and I was actually talking to Greg about this earlier. I said, I, I hate to even say it out loud, but it is the truth I mean, when we were in school, a lot of times you weren't going to the girls' basketball games. So the fact that we have these ladies on the court doing awesome things at Brookfield East, number one, and and other schools across the country. But, I mean, Caitlin Clark, it is so nice to have a young woman that our little ladies, the girls, can look up to and watch and, and get excited about. And the other big question now is... Now that Clark is going to go pro with the WNBA, will she take all of this excitement with her to the WNBA? My gut says yes, but it'll be interesting to see if she has the same impact on attendance when it comes to ratings and and ticket sales. I know you were talking about um, the final game. That has been sold out like almost all season because people just wanted to be there. I mean, you talk about senior day, it's going to be crazy emotional uh, as well. So. Kudos to her. It's been fun to watch.
2: I, in all my years covering sports, I have found most NBA athletes to be the most unrelatable athletes. And here's why I say that. I just I don't know what it's like to be 6'10 or 7'1, right? It, it, it's True. just different that way, right? And I think about other you know, stars in, in women's basketball. Brittany Griner is a name I remember back from her days playing at Baylor. Well, even she was 6'9". Like, how many girls growing up can look at that and say, that's what I want to be? But here's Caitlin Clark, kind of like Steph Curry in the NBA, who's a 6'3 guard, hoisting up three-pointers, chasing all over the court, putting everything into it. And and it's translating to what I have seen in women's high school basketball or girls' high school basketball. It's amazing, the high-level quality of play at the high school level. It's astounding to me.
3: Well, and when it comes to Clark... Would you say, I mean, is there anybody else who's been hyped as much? I mean, if we talk about her going to the NBA, we talk about her being a rookie in the past. Has there been anybody else who has had this much fever and talk around? Yeah,
2: it, It's a little different. I think being in the Midwest helps, but Sabrina Ionescu is a star in the WNBA right now. She started Oregon. Kelsey Plum started in Washington. But again, that's West Coast. It, it, it's different. You, you get a little bit more of the East Coast Eyes on your game if, yeah, you, if you're a sense. star in the Midwest, and I think that's helped Caitlin Clark as well. But these are recent stars, and it's been amazing to watch. So kudos to Caitlin Clark, 18 points, and she'll break Pete Maravich's record. We will be watching stories of the strange coming up next at 12:43. Craig Natsik and Jessica, time with you. It is the Friday edition of Wisconsin's Midday News, 12:47 ish on a Friday.
0: It's Friday, which means
2: it's time for Stories of the Strange on Wisconsin's Midday News. You want to start in Delhi or Greenland? Greenland. Hello. Don't ask me why. Patrons of glitzy bars in Dubai could be sipping beverages cooled by a cube of ancient Arctic ice. Oh. Carved from Greenland. It's not posh spice. It's posh ice. Hmm. (laughs) So there's a startup company called Arctic Ice, and they are destined no longer to allow these ice caps to melt into the ocean, but they'd rather have it dissolve into a very expensive drink. So here's Uh what they're doing. They are shipping its first container of around 22 tons of Greenland ice to Dubai for sale to high-end bars and restaurants. So what they do is they scour the fjords near the country's capital city for icebergs that have naturally detached from the ice sheet. They, for lack of a better term, harvest the ice, very pure, very nice-looking ice, clear. Okay, very so it clear, looks pretty. And then they ship it off. Now, they do sample the iceberg at a lab to make sure there's no microorganisms well, or bacteria. And then they get it off to Dubai. So Arctic Ice says it's offering a novel way to harness a natural resource. But there are critics, of course, saying, well, what are you doing here? You're shipping uh, you're thousands of miles away th- this product on a fossil fuel power shift."
3: Can the body make its own ice? How much does it cost to do that? But but the bottom line is it's chunks of ice, so it's not like there. Because when you first started the story, I thought, oh gosh, well just when we talk about the environment and, and ice melting in certain parts of the world, it sounds no good. But these are chunks of ice that are already broken away, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, but this is like a developing issue in Greenland. So you got all these icebergs that are melting away. These folks are saying, why not take it, and make artisanal ice cubes, and ship them all over
3: the world? But it's pretty ice. It's not like the ice that we see around here in Wisconsin after a, a winter when it starts to melt. and It turns got gray and it's, it's like the snert, the snow dirt. Snert. <laughs> okay, I've got one for you here. And the first part of it's not strange, but I think the reason they're doing it is a little strange. Philadelphia Phillies getting rid of their dollar hot dog nights. Have you heard about this? I've not. Okay, dollar hot dog nights. It sounds great, right? What's wrong about that? This is what I thought was strange. It's because some unruly Phillies fans started chucking the hot dogs during a game last year. So they basically were like, hey, you know, this is getting dangerous now. You have a nice thing, discounted hot dogs, but then the fans just got unruly basically and just started throwing them all over the place. It was getting dangerous. Also, the demand for the discount dogs led to clogged lines on the concourse. And there were cramped spaces, so there were security concerns. There were so many people that wanted this dollar hot dog that it just wasn't it wasn't safe anymore. They've been doing this for twenty-five years. I guess it started when the Phillies needed fans. So they needed a reason (laughs) for people to come to the game. So they're like, hey, you know, this is good promotion, this is good promotion. They don't necessarily need that now, um, but it was such a good promotion that people loved that they stuck with it. So here we are, like, more than 25 years later, and they've still been doing it until this season. There will be no dollar hot dog nights because fans just weren't being nice. Let's
2: go to New Delhi, shall we? Patient walks into the hospital's emergency room with a complaint of repeated vomiting and pain in the abdomen for more than 20 days.
3: Can we stop this story? Don't need to hear anymore. (laughs) <laughs> just kidding, go on.
2: As people are on their lunch break. Yeah. He was not able to eat anything, so they did an x-ray. What the heck's going on here?
3: What's in there?
2: X-ray of the abdomen showed opaque shadows, lots of them. Oh. Later, the patient underwent a CT scan, which showed a huge load of coins and magnets causing intestinal blockage.
3: Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible.
2: Doctors at the Sir Gangaram Hospital have successfully removed 39 coins and 37 <gasps> magnets from the intestine of a 26-year-old. He's now doing well, and that's good.
3: How'd they get there? Does he does he have some... I, I feel like there's a disease out there that makes people want to taste metal. That sounds very strange, but I think there is.
2: Well, the patient told the doctor he thought zinc, which is present in coins, helps in bodybuilding.
3: Oh, my gosh. And
2: the magnet, You're the patient kidding. added, would ensure the coins stayed in the intestine to help absorb the zinc. It's a two-fold approach here. Doctors said, what are you, crazy? the hell's the matter with you?
3: No. And everybody else said, yes, yes, he is. Uh,
2: doctors would like to inform us all that ingestion of foreign bodies can be life-threatening and should not be done.
3: I, I think usually you think about coins and kids, like sticking a coin in their ear and having to go to the doctor. You don't, oh, think, sure. of, you don't think about adults saying, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, this quarter. I'm going to just pop this in today. Not, like a un- mint.
2: not uncommon to swallow one. Right? Not uncommon for a dog maybe to sniff one up, and then you got to find it.
3: Even dogs, I feel like even most dogs give it a little sniff and know. I know my dog does that. Like, if, if he thinks there's a little, little crumb out in the park, but it's actually a stone, he'll go up to it give it a sniff, and he knows better. Nope, not going to eat that. It's a stone. I well, feel like even dogs know better.
2: you want to swallow a coin, swallow a coin. Just don't swallow a magnet with it. It's going to block your intestines. Mm. 1253 on WTMJ. to get on the Friday edition of Wisconsin's Midday News. Greg Matzik, Jessica Ty. Great week. We'll be back again on Monday. Better than ever, at least we hope.
3: Better than ever. i got a busy weekend. I feel like I'm going to be tired on Monday.
2: <laughs> I, there's a late-night Bucks game, too. We were talking about that. I used to love oh, the late-night late sports yeah. at weird times kind of thing. And now I find I get to halftime, I'm like, man, I just can't do this anymore. Like, it's 10.30 and I'm falling apart.
3: Well, it's different if you're watching it on TV or if you're at the game. If you're at the game, I'm in the game. I mean, I'm one of those people, I am not leaving early. You will always see me. I will be the last person out there giving it a clap, even waiting for, like, Melanie Ricks to do her interview at the end. (laughs) I, I, I love that. I think it's because my mom, when I was a kid, sometimes we would have to leave a little bit early to get out of the parking lot and to beat the traffic, to go back to the burbs. So as an adult, I have made my choice, and I am not leaving the games early.